listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it is Thursday the 1st of April 2021. This is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap. I'm Ricardo Gonsalves. Later, AMP gets a new CEO. We'll talk about that in a few moments. But first, to the surging property market where national house values grew by... 2.8%. That is the fastest monthly pace in 32 years. So across the country, values rose in every capital city. So let's go through them. Sydney up the most, 3.7%, followed by Melbourne up 2.4%, along with Brisbane. Adelaide rose 1.5%. Uh, Perth up 1.8%. Hobart doing well, 3.3% firmer. Darwin up 2.3%. And Canberra 2.8% higher. They are for the month of February. So for more on that, Dom Vukovic spoke with Tim Lawless from CoreLogic and first asked, what is driving this growth? There's so many factors that are driving this growth. It's it's not just interest rates, but uh, clearly that's one of the factors with mortgage rates being as low as what they are. There's also the fact that we've seen the economy improving uh, well beyond forecasts, which has really listed, uh, lifted consumer spirits. And that's behind a real surge in housing demand. In fact, we've seen transactional activity across the market lift by more than 20% compared to the same time last year. But at the same time, we're still seeing very short supply levels. Advertised homes are about 25% lower now in numbers than they were a year ago. So really at the heart of this, this rampant growth rate is a disconnect between supply and demand. And why is that, do you think, at the moment? Well, seller conditions are very good, and we're starting to see more vendors coming into the marketplace. But the reason we're still seeing very low stock levels is really about a rapid rate of absorption. There's more buyers out there than what stock is being added to the market. So in terms of a ratio for every property that's added to the housing market as a listing, we're seeing about 1.1 to 1.2 sales, which is putting some downwards pressure on stock. And of course, this creates a lot of urgency amongst buyers, which is, is helping to support this upwards pressure on prices. Tim Lawless there from CoreLogic. So what can be done about these rising house prices and are experts concerned? Here is AMP Chief Economist Shane Oliver. Uh, this is a massive increase, the fastest increase since the late 1980s. And of course, it does bring with it lots of problems. The obvious one is a, is a lack of housing affordability. We're back to the same old problem on that front. So sooner or later, we'll, we'll run out of people who can, who can afford to get into the property market, so that means less, less buyers. The other bigger issue is that people are taking on bigger and bigger amounts of debt. Now, the debt figures at present don't look too bad, and that's what the RBA and APRA have been telling us. But by definition, as prices go up um, and interest rates are so much lower, people are borrowing more money to get into the property market, and that, that does bring with, with it risks down the track. If, for example, interest rates do have to go up again, and they will one day, or there is a, a, another recession or something. So it, this surge in prices may be seen as a bit of a recovery, but now that we're pushing into record levels, high levels of debt, and we saw another near record level of housing finance figures out today as well, um, that does suggest concerns down the track, um, that 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 there may be concern that people end up taking on too much debt and that sets up problems in the years ahead. I do think the authorities should jump in. I think now is the time to start taking the punch bowl away or at least reducing the alcohol content 
of the punch bowl, which is fueling the property market. Um, and I do expect that the authorities will start to move sometime in the next six months. Uh, right now, they don't seem too fast because household debt growth overall is not excessive. It's coming from a low base. And of course, um, lending standards, as they measure them, don't seem to have deteriorated that much. But history tells us that whenever you have a surge in property prices, some deterioration in lending standards follows and some people end up taking on too much debt. So I think the authorities are aware of that and I think it's only a matter of time before they jump in, um, at least by later this year, but I think it could come around the middle of the year um, and that probably would involve, I don't think it's going to involve an interest rate increase, but I do think it will involve things like increasing the interest rate buffer that a bank will look at um, to make sure that a borrower can service the loan if interest rates do go up. Um, and, and also limiting the amount of loans that are made on high loan-to-valuation ratios or limiting the amount of loans uh, that are provided to people with high debt-to-income ratios. So I think we will start to see these constraints kicking in as this year proceeds, and uh, I, I reckon there's a strong case to do it sooner rather than later. Okay, Shane Oliver there from AMP Capital, the Chief Economist. Now, Shane mentioned uh, debt servicing there and higher borrowing costs. And, well, APRA's latest data on LVRs or loan-to-value ratios shows those borrowers taking on loans of more than 90% has increased to 12%. That's up from around 8%. And while it is still down on those 20% highs seen in 2009, it is creeping up. So no doubt the regulators will be also keeping an eye on that. Okay, let's take a look at the Australian share market. It's the first trading day of the new month, April, and shares did close higher today. The S&P ASX 200 up by 0.6% to 6,828. AMP did particularly well, closing 4.7% stronger. Borrell was the best on the 200, while tech stocks like Zip also returned to favour. Webjet was the worst performer of the majors. Resource stocks rose. Westpac was the best of the banks, but health stocks declined. For more, I spoke earlier with Kyle Rodder from IG Markets. Kyle, the market is up today. Why and who drove it? Well, it was actually a fairly mixed day overall. Um, we did see a little bit of a pop in early trade and the ASX 200 managed to hold on to it. Um, it was effectively a funny mix of the, the tech space as well as the material stocks that drove the market higher. So a little bit of a trend um, bust, I suppose you could say, which is normally you know seen either one of those sectors or the other uh, outperform. But I mean, overall, it was a mixed day. But again, those IT and material stocks um, underpin the market strength. And you know, we're finishing the week on a positive note. If we look internationally, what are the implications of Biden's two trillion US dollar infrastructure spending plan? It's an interesting one because the markets haven't reacted very strongly to this. And a part of that's probably because for a long time, or at least since the Democrats won both houses of uh, US Congress, this package has been more or less priced in or expected by the market. I think what's really been homed in on, interestingly enough, um, by market participants is how this uh, package is going to be actually paid for compared to the other stimulus packages that we've seen recently, which have largely been deficit spent uh, or um, uh, funded by deficit spending. There are some concerns here that potentially that this could uh, imply uh, some tax hikes somewhere down the line. So there's obviously the optimism about, you know, what this infrastructure spending will mean for long-term growth to the US economy, but it's probably being offset a little bit too about concerns of potential tax hikes somewhere in the future. I think the corporate story of the day is AMP. This time last week, the company pretty much said, no, the CEO is staying put. There are no plans to retire, rebutting all these uh, speculation. But today, the company said, yep, we are getting a new CEO. So what do you know about Alexis George? 
Well, someone with a really long banking pedigree um, and most recently worked at the ANZ and specialised in their wealth investment program. So I think the market's taken this announcement actually reasonably well, just because it looks as though we've got someone at the helm of AMP with um, an experienced and safe pair of hands to sort of drive the structural and strategic change at, uh, at the company there. So um, again, well-known in the banking circles, uh, a very uh, a strong pedigree um, as, a, as, a, as a banker um, and, and someone, again, who's got the experience that uh, AMP is looking for. So the market's taken it reasonably well today as, as, as this announcement's come through. What do you think her challenges will be at AMP? Well, I suppose, and you can see this in what um, the market's done today in terms of the share price where it's rallied so considerably, um, it's going to be trying to convince shareholders effectively this is finally the turning point um, that uh, that the company is is, is looking for to, to start to turn around two or three years of, of underperformance and obviously um, some, you know, scandal after scandal, of, of course. So, you know, as we know by now, when it comes to AMP, you know, she's really going to have a, her work cut out for her trying to drive this strategic change and this restructuring of the business that is really quite considerable. Um, clearly, again, with the markets rallying or the AMP shares rallying by about 5% today, our shareholders and investors are willing to give her a chance. Um, but, you know, the markets are being very, very generous, giving her a, 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 or the company a, another go at this. And I suppose a, another final chance to, to prove that, you know, this is really the turning point. And I want to get your thoughts on an international story, and that's of Deliveroo, right? During the pandemic, a lot of us um, ate in, so these uh, food delivery services really did well. But Deliveroo made a, a horror debut on the London Stock Exchange overnight, losing more than a quarter of its value on its first day of trade. The question is, though, is there a broader global tech theme to this, or is this performance more company specific? That's a good question. I think, you know, after last night's performance of Deliveroo, you know, the forensics are still being done. There's probably three perspectives to look at this is that it's a company specific thing. And the argument is, is that Deliveroo is actually a very unprofitable company at the moment. And there's some concerns, especially in the UK, about regulation in the gig economy that means that maybe just the investment case for this uh, for Deliveroo isn't actually particularly good. The other argument is, you know, more that maybe it's a reflection of broader market sentiment. And that's that, you know, after last year's frenzy and mania around IPOs, where you'd see companies list and almost double in value in a, in a single day, that maybe the markets aren't, aren't in the headspace anymore to take a, a bit of a speculative position on these on these new listings. Uh, the last one too is that maybe it's a UK-centric kind of thing that, um, you know, the U, uh, UK markets aren't the place to raise capital for, for hot tech stocks. And that, you know, if you can't raise in the US and you have to raise in Europe, then maybe Amsterdam or somewhere else is somewhere you have to raise capital. So, you know, it's it's still being picked apart, but those are the, the, the numerous perspectives being thrown around as being as, as to why Deliveroo really underperformed in its first day of trade yesterday. Kyle Rodder there from IG Markets talking about the way the markets ended today. That is SBS on the money for this first trading day of the new month, April the 1st. It's Thursday. Uh, we'll be away for the next few days because of the Easter break, but you can follow me or contact me on Twitter and Instagram at Business Ricardo. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. (laughs) 